Come on. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right. The strong, the powerful Tim Bratz is an entrepreneur, real estate investor with a portfolio consisting of over 3,500 rental units with a value of over $275 million, is here on Money Savage Create. Welcome back, Tim. I'm excited to be here, George. Thanks for having me, brother. Yeah, man. So, Tim, I know you've been here before, but remind us, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, man. Well, again, I appreciate you. I appreciate all the value and the content that you put out there, and uh, honored to be here uh, and share my story. So, thanks again for the invite back, and uh, man, my background's in real estate, right? And I was going through college when the market was going gangbusters back 03 to 07, and I was motivated by money. There were a lot of people making money back then, and I decided to get involved in real estate. So, I am um, uh, from Ohio originally, moved out to New York City, got a real estate license because I thought that's what you do to get involved in real estate. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I ended up brokering leases, free, retail leases and office leases for a commercial real estate brokerage out there. And I remember, you know, I closed a, a, a small, dumpy 400 square foot space and the lease was $10,000 a month on a 12 year term, 4% escalations. I'm like, holy smokes, you do the math on that. And the landlord's going to make almost 2 million bucks over the next 12 years for doing something at one point in time. And that whole allure of residual income, passive income, mailbox money really got me excited. And um, I decided I was on the wrong side of the coin. Instead of you know, brokering real estate, I needed to own real estate. And so I moved down to Charleston, South Carolina, um, bought my first rental property on a credit card and just kind of got into wholesaling, got into flipping, got into um, uh, some, some smaller buy and holds and uh, a couple other businesses, went broke from these other businesses, went back to real estate. And uh, because it's what I knew and um, just kind of been growing my portfolio ever since I've done pretty much everything you could possibly do in uh, in real estate and, um, you know, sitting back and reflecting on doing all those different things. I realized a few years back that apartment buildings is where 90 percent of my net worth was. It was only about 10 percent of my time. And I decided, man, I'm just going to double down on apartments. And um, over the past about four years, I've exploded my apartment holdings. I'm at uh, actually a little over 3,700 units. I just closed on a building, um, a few days ago. So, nice. uh, we're, and we're over, uh, uh, $300 million of, of property now. Um, and what's, what I'm really proud of is I'm not paying $300 million for $300 million of buildings, right? I'm, I'm buying, I'm all into those for about 180 million bucks and it's worth 300 million. So there's a lot of equity in it too. Not all mine, a good chunk of it is, but I share that with equity, you know, partners, investors, and uh, joint venture partners. So, um, yeah, man, and that's that's what our sole focus is now. So all I do is I um, I buy apartment buildings in A and B class areas, usually secondary, tertiary type cities, but good areas, good workforce housing, clean, safe, functional, um, 
good school districts, but I don't do, I don't get into luxury and I don't get into like C class stuff. So it's kind of like that that blue collar middle of the road, and um, we do really really well with it. Well, I think that's fantastic, and c- congratulations on the continued growth. So I think that's very very exciting. So you said it was about four years ago that you sort of made that switch or the, sh- or the, uh, the, the made the shift, the switch went off in your head. It's like, okay, I think apartments are, are, are the way to go. And it seems like just from the outside looking in that you've got everything pretty well dialed in from a process standpoint is, is, is there anything that, that, that has changed with, with your process and how, how, how you approach things, not necessarily from a, a tactical standpoint, but like like an inside job shifts that you'd made with with your thinking. Yeah, well, I think um, it's always you know like all of us are works in progress at all times, right? And so yeah. are our businesses. And from a from a tactical standpoint, yes, like we screw up, change up the, the SOPs, right? <laughs> Let's make sure we don't mess make that mistake again. And you get better and better every time that you that you mess up or or and, and I've. Dude, I've been doing real estate for 15 years. I've been investing for 11, and I um, I've been doing apartments for seven and a half years. And I've been doing it for a long time, but I've also been doing a lot of volume for a long time. So, man, I've I've messed up a lot. I was really bad at real estate the first seven years I was investing. I only got good about three, four years ago, you know. And so, um, you dial in. You always get better from a process standpoint, and then you're always growing as an individual too, you know. Um, and you're you're understanding the value of other people's money, the value of other people's time, the value of human capital. Uh, I'm, I'm becoming a better manager or leader of people, uh, building out a team a little bit better than I than I did early on. And man, it's 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 always you know I mean it's like it's a, it's a natural law of the universe that you're either growing or you're dying, right? You're either ripening or you're rotting. Um, and and um, I'd rather not be rotting. I'd rather not be dying. <laughs> so so I'm gonna focus on just continuing to grow, right? Yeah. Well, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I, I think that, that if, if you are somebody who is a, a lifetime or lifelong continual learner, then you are always looking for ways to improve, make yourself better, help those people around you to get better. Not necessarily what everybody else is doing, um, but are are there certain areas that, 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 that you're maybe most excited about with, with either your personal development or how you've been helping to be a better leader, better manager? Yeah, well, I think that's a great question. Um, I I think for me, I'm always like one of the, one of the, one of the things that people don't talk about of extremely successful people, right? One of the secrets to massive success is I think reflection. There's a lot of people that's not talked about too much, but the, the most successful people that I know are the most self-aware, they're the most socially aware, and they get that from reflecting on life, on reflecting on life experiences, learning from those things, and then asking themselves good, themselves good questions, right? If you ask yourself bad questions, you're going to get bad answers. Mm-hmm. If you ask yourself good progressive questions, you're going to get good progressive type answers. And that's something that I do on a regular basis, right? Like every year between Christmas and New Year's, I take the entire week off and I just reflect on the year and what I accomplished and what I didn't accomplish and what I wanted to accomplish, what I want to accomplish the next year. And so I go through all these different things. And then on a monthly basis, I sit down and I look at my goals and I, I, you know, and even on a weekly basis, I kind of reflect on some of these things. It really helps when you kind of get out of 
whatever the circumstance or the situation that you're in. And um, that's why I like like masterminds, right? I like going out to events and sitting in a mastermind in a group and getting a, an outside perspective because you can't always see uh, the picture if you're sitting in the frame. And um, so one of the things that I do a lot is reflect. And I try to ask myself good questions instead of making a statement, right? Like I remember my, my first house in, that I ever bought, uh, my first investment property that I ever bought, which was my first house. And um, I, I, it was 2009, spring of 2009, after the entire market could crumbled, right? And I'm a punk 23-year-old kid, <laughs> never done a deal before. I have no idea. I have no access to money. I had a credit card with $3,000 limit on it and a few thousand dollars in my bank account from closing deals up in New York, right? And so even with that, the cheapest house in the entire MLS was 25 grand. Dude, I've never done a deal. Nobody's going to give me money, right? right? And, and, and so everybody's saying run from real estate. And I could have said, I can't get the money. And when you say something like I can't get the money, your brain shuts off. All the creative juices stop flowing. Yeah. Versus asking yourself a question and saying, how do I get the money? When you ask yourself a question, it forces your brain to think of an answer or it forces your brain to think of another question that's maybe a little bit more refined and better. And so, well, how can I get the money? Friends and family, hard money lenders, da da da. And I ended up going down this path of essentially con contacting my credit card company and asking them to increase my credit card limit. And they bumped my credit card from $3,000 up to fifteen. dollars thousand dollars nice. and I was able to negotiate a good deal on that and on the, on the property and buy it on my credit card right when nobody else would give me money I was able to be resourceful enough by asking good questions and reflecting on the situation so that's something that I'm always doing something I'm always um, uh, conscious about doing because every time I do that man it's like it's like this this breakthrough that occurs and I and I fast-track success you know, I, I'm 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 so glad that that you said that because I, I really think that it it should be viewed as a breakthrough, right? And everything you just said, it's like oh, there's there's no way that I'm going to be able to get the money together. Versus, how can I get this money together? It's such a simple little thing, but that's everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It changes the entire dynamic, like the like everything. All the energy flows in a different direction. Instead of making a statement, you ask a question. It's powerful stuff, man. Yeah. <clears throat> and do you think that why don't more people do that? Because <laughs> they're told how to think, you know, since the, the, the beginning, you know, they're like, don't do that. And they're not told why you don't do that. Or they're not saying, hey, do you think that's a good idea to do that? Right. So I think from from an early age, you know, don't touch the hot stove. Well, why? And there's not really an explanation. They're just told don't do something. Right. And then all through school think this way, you know, uh, here's how you do that. Here's how you do this. Here's what it is. You know, there's what the answer is. There's always a right or wrong instead of a, um, you know, a, a more of a theoretical or philosophical type, um, questioning of some of this stuff. And so, um, if you can find an educational platform that can offer that, man, I think, I think, um, you're educating your kids in a great way. I just, um, and, and it's not to take away from, our parents not to take away from you know necessarily the school system or, or anything like that it's just that's that's how the the system I think has always been developed and so dude I, I don't know man how, how many people are going through their day just completely unconscious and not mm -hmm. thinking yeah. and they're told what to look at and how to vote and how to what to buy and all this different stuff they don't actually sit back and reflect and I think it's just it becomes habitual and it and it takes 
cognitive effort to actually think, right? Yeah. Like, like sometimes my brain hurts because I make so many decisions, right? And I come home and my wife asks, asks, what do you want for dinner? And I'm like, I don't want to think, right? I no, just, no I just, idea. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. And I really just don't care, you know? And that's not to be disrespectful. It's just, I have decision-making fatigue because I'm making all these very like, like not, not saying that it's not, not important or not, sure. not, you know, but, but it's, but I'm dealing with multi-million dollar acquisitions on a daily basis and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars of investor capital. And I need to be on point for that kind of stuff. And what I eat for dinner, I don't care if it's chicken or steak, right? I don't care right. if it's, um, you know, broccoli or, or cauliflower. It doesn't matter. Like I'll, I'll eat it. It's fuel, whatever. Let's keep going. And so I guess, I guess my point is like, it takes effort to think it takes effort to ask yourself questions. It takes time to do those things and actually reflect on it. And everybody's busy, man. You know, they, everybody's got stuff going on. The, the, the problem is they're busy with the urgent and not the important. That's right. So I think that, that one of the things that's coming through is you need to be intentional about doing these things. Otherwise, to your point, life's just going to keep rolling along, man, and, 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 mm -hmm. and, and roll right over you. And you're going to get what you've always gotten. Mm-hmm. 100%. So when you talk about good, pro good progressive questions... Is, is that what you're talking about when, when it's a matter of, oh, there's no way that I'm going to be able to get the money to actually ask you the question of, if it were possible, wh what would it look like? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What would it look like, right? Not a yes or no even, but what would it look like? Um, I'll give you another one. I wanted to bring my my attorney, who was my business attorney, in-house for um, – he was my business attorney for about six years, almost seven years. And I wanted to bring him in-house and have him do – all my securities documentation, have an in-house counsel, attorney, just have somebody on retainer that can can put – I mean like dude, I, I buy two to three apartment buildings every month. Right. You know, And so for every one of those, I have a securities filing, which costs me twelve dollars to $15,000, right? And then it, there's a contract that has to be put together by an attorney um, because every one of them – is different. That's another couple thousand dollars, a letter of intent. And then going back and forth and negotiating is another few thousand. Like you're talking about 25 grand every deal just in legal. So if I can bring in an in-house attorney, you know, I can save a lot of money. My guy didn't want to go and work for somebody. He owns his own business, but he was a solopreneur and he's banging his head against the wall. He's trading his time for money and he wanted to build up something that he could get some equity in. So he wanted equity in deals and he wanted like a fixed amount of exactly what he wanted or a fixed amount of equity in every single deal that we did. The problem is some deals that was a win for me because I controlled 100 percent of the deal. Right? It was my own money or I controlled 80 percent of the deal with just a little bit of investor capital, you know, or something. Like that. And then there were other deals where I'm a joint venture partner and I'm just coming in from a consultative approach. And I might have 20 percent of the deal. And if he gets that same whatever it is, 10 percent equity, then it, it's a big chunk of my my piece. And I'm like, man, how do I do? And it, it felt like we were always negotiating on every single deal that we, uh, we looked at early on. And I was like, man, I just don't like, like you're supposed to be a business partner, right? We're supposed to be on the same side of the table, yeah. not across the table from each other. And I was like, this just isn't, or, or and if I would have said this just isn't working, then we would have gone our separate ways and whatever. I'd still be spending $50,000 a month, right? On legal stuff. 
the the differences and, and I was spending it with different attorneys and stuff and he's taken on more of that responsibility since he's come in house um, and so it's helped me a bit a, a lot but what I was able to do man I just went on a walk right in the woods and I was running taking a jog in the woods with my dog and um, through the park system in here in Cleveland and um, I'm just like how can I make this happen how can I get him in how can I get him aligned with me and I just kept on asking questions that again led down this path this this breadcrumb path of better questions, better questions, tweaking it a little bit more, a little bit more. And I just came up with, how about he gets an X percentage? And we, we, we settled on 15% of whatever my equity is in any given deal. Now he's in the same boat, rowing in the same direction of me, trying to get me as much equity in every deal that we that we do because he, that means he's getting more equity in yeah. every single deal that we do too, right? And so now we're, we're more aligned in our goals and our ambitions and our vision versus Again, battling and, and wasting so much time and energy and effort um, trying to figure out and trying to negotiate on every single deal on what his equity portion would look like. So, dude, it's just, again, asking those more progressive type questions of what would it need to look like in order for us to be on the same side of the table? How do I get him, you know, as a partner and aligned with my incentives, with my goals? to help me build a bigger business and how do we make it where it's not scarcity mindset it's more abundance mindset and all these different things and i just kept on and it's trial and error right it's edison found a thousand ways not to make a light bulb i found a thousand ways to not have that partnership work and then i found one way to make it work right he only needed one way to figure out how to make a light bulb glow i found one way in order to make that work so there's a lot of trial and error and effort and failure that goes into it and it's not necessarily failure it's just dude, that one didn't work so let's find a better way you know and so that's it's always been my thought process man i just i try to ask myself good questions and it, and it makes you more resourceful right when people say oh i don't have the time i don't have the money i don't have the knowledge well dude guess what if you have resourcefulness resourcefulness is the ultimate re resource right you can find the time you can find the money you can find the knowledge if you are resourceful and i think what leads to resourcefulness is by asking questions versus making statements. I love it. I love it. There are powerful forces. If it's our subconscious mind or whatever, if you ask questions, you will find the answers. So I think that mm -hmm. that's awesome. Well, Tim, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Oh man. <laughs> uh, um, so, so, uh, uh, I, 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 there's a lot of stuff that I want to offer. Um, I would say what, what has made a massive impact on me is my, my mindset to see the opportunity and the obstacle and not the obstacle in the opportunity. And here's what I mean by that. A lot of people kind of goes back to what I was just saying is, um, I don't have the time. I don't have the money. I don't have the resource. I don't have these things. And I think back to like, like my daughter's four years old and she was, started asking me all these questions about life and creation. And like, like I'm like, ah, let's get you like a little baby Bible or something. Right. <laughs> and so, so I'm like, I'm not going to answer these questions. What do we go when we die and all this stuff. Right. And so, uh, uh, we'll give her like this little baby Bible or whatever for Christmas. And, um, and she's reading through it. And we came across the story of, of David and Goliath. And in a nutshell, dude, a lot of us know this story, but um, some of them don't know like the backstory, right? And David was this little shepherd boy, and he's um, he's going around and you know uh, herding his flock, and all of a sudden he hears that you know his uh, Israel was going to a battle with uh, 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 was it the Phoenicians or something? I can't, I can't remember what it was. And um, they're going to battle, and um, 
think I, I can't remember what it, but the other army had this man giant right named Goliath that he could people would run and all these these um, soldiers would run from him just by looking at him he could crush a man's skull with his bare hand and right. and you know it, like this this mat and everybody focused on Goliath right what David focused on was the king at the time offered a, an award a reward for anybody who was willing to fight and would win against the Goliath and he offered uh, you know to no, not pay taxes and all this have all this treasure you could ride a horse and be a nobleman and you got to marry the princess right nice like those are pretty good rewards <laughs> and so he's like he's like all right man oh man everybody's going to be lining up for all this stuff i need to go and practice my speech you know so he's like man i killed a lion i killed a bear with god's help i can do whatever i want right or i can do anything i can accomplish anything and so he shows up the day of tryouts and there's no line he walks right up to the king he goes i killed a bear killed a lion with god's help i can do anything <laughs> the king goes you got the job right and so so he he shows up the day of the of the battle didn't even bring in a sword and he looks at the giant he's like dude i'm going to cut your head off He's like, you don't even have a sword. What do you mean? And we all know the story. He takes this rock and he slings it upside the giant's head and knocks him over and takes the, the, the sword out of the giant's sheath and cuts his head off. What's the moral of the story? Dude, the moral of the story is David never asked how big is the giant. Hmm. He never asked what is the giant's weapon of choice. He never asked how much can the giant bench press. He never <laughs> asked how many people is the giant killed, right? What he focused on was what do you get for killing the giant, Right. What do you get for building a real estate portfolio? What do you get for overcoming all these obstacles? Can you build a financial fortress around your family that nothing could ever penetrate? Can you send your kids to whatever school, whatever education platform you, you, you want? Can you travel the world and show your family exotic locations that other people only read about in books, right? Can you have time and freedom and all these different things if you focus on the goal, right? And so... I guess that would be my difference-making tip is focus on the goal, right? Focus on the reward. Focus on what you're going to get, not focusing on what the hurdles are going to be. There's going to be hurdles in everything that you do. So just expect that and know that the more hurdles that you face, the better you get at that skill set and the more refined your operation gets. The reason I'm so successful now is because, man, I got kicked in the crotch many, many times over the past decade that I've been investing in real estate in order to refine my processes so much. And now you can't pull the wool over my eyes, right? So just know that that's part of the learning curve. Know that that's part of the process and know that the, you know, focus on the, uh, the reward at the, uh, at the end of the journey. Well, that is great stuff. That definitely gets, come on, come on. Such, such great stuff there, man. Yeah. If that's something that we can keep forefront, you know, at the front of our minds, I think that that'd be a huge benefit. So I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming back on. Tell us where Savage Nation can learn more about you and if people were interested in investing with you, how how, how that works. Yeah, appreciate that. Um, no, I mean, I, mean I, I give out a lot of, I, I do a lot of free content and stuff and put out a lot of a lot of good stuff on social media. So connect with me on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, all that stuff. So make sure that uh, you connect with me there and my website's LegacyWealthHoldings.com. So if you have actual questions about real estate investing and um, uh, whether that's actively, passively, just learning more about the processes and uh, getting educated on that stuff, definitely hit me up on, on my website or on social media and uh, you know, always looking to help. So, George, appreciate you having me, brother. Thank you so much, man. This is awesome. Yeah, I loved it. Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Tim your appreciation. Share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Follow him on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. 
Go to LegacyWealthHoldings.com. Check out all the great resources he has. I'll list all those in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Tim. Appreciate you, bud. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.